Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your guest host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. Today, we're joined by Dr. Michelle Bush, head of consulting at Via Group, a global leadership consulting firm providing tailored talent solutions for human resources professionals. With more than 18 years of experience helping Fortune 500 companies to maximize business results through people, Michelle leads a team of consultants in building solutions to help organizations grow their talent impacts. Michelle, welcome to the HR Works podcast. Thank you for having me, Josh. All right. Well, great to have you here. And Michelle, we really want to dig into 2022 workplace trends in today's episode. Look at where we are with the great resignation. But before we do that, I'd love to learn more about you and share that with our listeners. Could you tell us more about how you got your start and a bit about what you currently do at the Via Group? Sure thing. Uh, My start is a fairly common story for professionals who end up in IO psychology fields. When I was just a a little bit younger, uh, discovering what I wanted to do with my life, I thought I'd explore a degree in psychology. I was super intrigued by the idea of studying people and behavior and enamored by all of the scientific research in this field. But I pretty quickly determined that the job prospects that my degree would lead to weren't a good fit for me. So I made the jump over into study business, uh, where again, I loved exploring ways to drive and and measure results. But at the end of the day, I, I really missed the focus on people. And at that time, serendipitously, I was introduced to a course in IO psychology that blended the best of both worlds, business and people. I got to study behaviors of some of the most successful and influential leaders and use those insights to help other people be their best at work. Uh, And and that's what I've been doing for the last almost 20 years at Via Group. As you mentioned, we're a boutique consultancy that specializes in helping businesses achieve great things through their number one resource, which is their their talent. And so I, I spend a lot of my time studying talent and coaching leaders to be at their best. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. So that's a great segue. And as you mentioned, with talent being so top of mind and everything you do at Via Group, I wanted to talk about the great resignation, something that we're all so familiar with in the HR space and had heard about for going on over a year now and entering into Q1 of 2022 and really almost finishing that out. Where do we stand with the great resignation? Is it still an issue? Is it still a thing? And what have we learned so far? Yeah, it's absolutely still still a thing for organizations. It's been really an unprecedented time with the highest resignation rates in more than 20 years as tracked by the U.S. Bureau of Jobs. And so what we found is that um, most people, having gone through this major life event called the pandemic, have run into inflection points, both around their home and their work experiences. And it's caused them to reevaluate their lives and consider what they want next, what they value. And I think this is going to continue as we look forward. The good news, though, Josh, is that I think that the resignation has given us a lot of learnings. It's given us a ton of data around what people do value in the workplace that we can build upon. All right. So let's go right there. Then what have we learned in going through this process? 
Yeah, well, we've learned that um, really there's there's several values that are top of mind for employees right now and driving their choices in the work that they engage in. One of the big ones is that people now are looking at their jobs saying, like, what is my purpose here? We want to be part of something bigger. We want to be part of a mission in an organization, something that we believe in. And so a lot of times when people don't see that that match between their purpose and the organization's purpose, they start looking for something else. The second thing that we've learned is that people deeply value having flexibility in the ways that they work. In fact, one study I came across pretty recently showed that 56% of people surveyed said it was their primary reason that they would look for a new job. Far more important than compensation, far more important than job security, was they want to have some flexibility and control in how they work, get the work done. Uh, the third thing we've learned is that the culture in which people work matters a great deal. Uh, no longer are people willing to put up with ineffective managers or toxic work environments. They want to be part of businesses that value diversity, equity, and inclusion and where people are treated with respect. And then I'd say the fourth is that you know people want to keep learning and developing in their careers. So organizations that actually invest in their talent and give people growth opportunities do a better job of keeping them around and giving people a reason to stay. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Have there been any factors that have been surprising, maybe something outside of the norm, as you are so close to the data that maybe you didn't expect to see driving people to explore new career opportunities? Yeah. Well, I mean, each of the things that people are talking about and seeking, I wouldn't say they're a surprise. What surprised me more is how much more relevant those factors are than compensation. You know, people care less about what their paycheck looks like than they do working in an environment where they feel like the work matters, the company cares about them, and they're able to do great things. Yeah, the one stat that I read that I thought really jumped out was the greatest increase in resignation rates from employees was in the 30 to 45-year-old grouping uh, with an average of over 20%. So it's not necessarily your new employee entering the workforce and figuring out what they want to do. It's established employees with experience who are now looking elsewhere. Yeah, you bet. Is there something driving that? Because clearly, I mean, I'm sure compensation does matter to that group, but there's got to be something else in play. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as, as people have gone through a major life event, they're taking a new look at what matters to me. And uh, they're seeking out experience, first of all, flexibility, but also experiences in their work life that bring meaning to their overall lives. So whereas in the past, somebody might stick around in that age group because they've invested in a company for a long time, it's secure, they know what to expect. Today, it seems as though they're more willing to take some chances and endure some job instability in order to find a better place for them, something that that's more nurturing. That's great insight. So if you had to take out your crystal ball, and again, so many of us are trying to do this and predict what the solution is to upswing the great resignation and turn things around, what do you think it will take to really bring everyone back and take us off the great resignation? Yeah. So I think we have to look at this from the perspective of these changes aren't going to go away, right? So as organizations operate, they, they need to be willing to embrace the change. And part of that is seeking more input from their employees about what they want. 
the changes that they want to see and be willing to adapt to them. There, there's quite a bit of research on um, organization surveys. You know, when we're asking our employees what they want, uh, it seems like the older generations of workers are much less likely to believe that organizations actually listen to what they have to say. Our newer generations are coming in, not only you know wanting to be heard, but expecting that organizations are going to do so and uh, shift with their needs. So I think we need to respond to that. I think we need to give people an opportunity to, to give a voice to how they like to work. Um, and we need to show that we're listening by taking actions to adjust our expectations of our organizations. That's so interesting. And that's something that, that we at HR Daily Advisor look at very closely would be the trends of the Gen Z employee and the hiring trends there and just what's different between Gen Z to maybe the millennial generation. And it is that voice and having a voice in the company. And that seems to be a priority to the Gen Z population that, that is coming and growing within the workforce, that they do have a voice within corporations where maybe earlier generations, like you said, didn't feel like they had that say in how a company is run and really what the company stands for. Right. That's absolutely the case. And some of what we're already hearing is, again, the mission focus. So uh, as leaders and organizations, we have to be willing to take the time to connect people to the work they're doing, help them see why we're pursuing a path as an organization, help them understand their role in it and why it matters and operate with a, a true sense of purpose. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So I love that you mentioned leadership, and I want to touch on that a bit. With all of us going through various changes from what March 11th, March 12th of 2020, when all of our working worlds changed, it seemed, we all went through shifts and saw organizations go through shifts, and it took leadership to really lead us through that initial challenge. Now so many of us are going through the great resignation as employees and as employers. What steps in leadership can help guide teams through these uncertain times? Yeah, so open communication is you know, the most important thing. The more employees hear from their leaders, uh, the more trust that they have. So what that communication entails is a variety of things. It's keeping them updated on some of the shifts that are happening and anticipated. It's being transparent around the challenges that the business is facing and how we're trying to navigate them. It's being transparent when we make mistakes. You know, we're not going to get it right. We're all operating in a pretty new environment. But the more we, we communicate honestly and openly with our teams, the more it's going to make them feel you know, part of the whole and, and really feel respected. So let me ask you, do you think the employer-employee relationship is changing here and is part of that leadership mission to guide through the Great Resignation? Yeah, I love that you describe it as a relationship because I think it's becoming more so an equitable relationship than it was in the past. So the relationship before tended to be more top down. And today, you know, it's just as important for leaders to listen to their teams as it is for teams to listen to their leaders. So I do see that shift and that awareness happening. It's that idea of feedback too. And really that feedback is a gift and understanding that what you get from your employees can really tell you so much about your organization and your corporate culture. So it's not just the employer or the, the bosses setting the pace of what corporate culture is. It's also understanding and listening to your employees, understanding their wants and needs and what they see as important in their working relationship. Absolutely. Yep. So if you had to give our listeners maybe three takeaways for how they can move forward through the great resignation, is there an easy way to boil those down to three? Yeah, I'd start with, you know, sharing humanity and humility. 
showing some empathy and vulnerability. I mean, it's just being real with your teams more than anything. As leaders do that, they create an environment where their teams can feel more vulnerable and able to share their needs and, and what they're looking for. Um, so, you know, it, it promotes accessibility, it promotes learning. We've just got to be willing to listen. The second one is, you know, never be afraid to over-communicate what you're seeing, what you're thinking, and in the direction that the company is taking. And then the third would be promoting and encouraging good leadership from within. The one other element that we didn't talk about, Josh, that causes people frequently to leave organizations is the relationship with the managers. So the more that we can do to help develop and prepare managers to be the best for their people, that gives employees a reason to stay and feel wanted. Michelle, that's been such a common thread I've heard in conversations with various HR professionals and asking that same question. And it's vulnerability always stands out, especially in that manager to employee relationship. And then communication as well as as being two big keys, whether it's showing that we don't always have the answers as team leaders and being honest about that, but also communicating where various changes stand, right? We're all in this weird flux of returning back to work and maybe returning in a hybrid working environment, maybe permanently working from home and learning how to communicate those changes clearly and effectively. And also just being honest to say, hey, I don't always have the answer, but here's where we stand. Yeah. Employees would much rather know We don't have an answer to that yet. We're sorting through it. Here's what we're trying to figure out. Here's what we're wrestling with. And here's when we'll get back to you then to hear nothing at all. Yeah, it's the human element. It it just builds trust. Yeah. We all understand that we don't all have the answers, especially in this climate when there's so much unknown, Yeah. but that we're figuring it out. And it again goes back to that corporate culture, leadership, and sometimes a mission statement to knowing what you're driving for and knowing who you are and working toward that sometimes without all the answers, but with an end goal. Yeah. And if I can add just like one more point of emphasis, Josh, um, I think it's important for companies to continue investing in the development of their leaders. People stay with companies that they feel are invested in them. And, And this is the number one way that we can show that. The world of leadership development is changing quite a bit, particularly now that we're not gathering as often uh, all in one place and we're doing so much virtually. So, you know, I, I have seen a shift in companies moving to like a different framework of how they develop employees. People look more today for things like just in time learning and personalized experience. They're not willing to sit in a classroom for eight hours in a day to learn how to be a a better leader. So the more that, you know, we can give people uh, that type of learning and the, the format that they need and learn best in, the better. I'm so glad you brought that up, Michelle. And actually, we can dig into that a little bit if you don't mind. Sure. The idea of asynchronous learning, which is continuing to grow just with technology, it opens up so many doors to better training and being able to train on the employee's time as opposed to sitting in an eight-hour class. That's tough to do in a full day for so many of us. But when you can break that up and and make that available at the employee's time, that creates those opportunities to upskill as you mentioned, train leadership too. It's a different time than when maybe in the past people were dropped into management roles and leadership roles without the tools to be equipped to do it. And you kind of learn on the job. We can do that differently now. You bet. And I mean, you think about the way that we operate within our world today. Everything's just in time. 
right? Everything is personalized to our interests and our styles and our needs. And it's natural that people are looking for that in the way they're developed too, which creates challenge. You can't just serve a one-size-fits-all training course to people anymore. Companies have to be very creative in how they offer development solutions to their teams. I couldn't agree more. Well, Michelle, look, you gave us so much to take away with just where we stand with the great resignation and where companies and employers can go moving forward to be best equipped to manage these changes and navigate through. But one thing I really want to dig into is what have you learned since the pandemic, you personally, that's made you a better leader and better at your job? You know, the pandemic and the challenge that it's presented has challenged me personally to find different ways to work and be effective. So I went from, you know, being in an office five days a week, interacting with people to being in my home five days a week, just me and my computer. And as somebody who's a bit more introverted, uh, not as quick to reach out, I really had to learn and develop some new behaviors that would ensure I'm fully connected with my team despite being in a remote environment. It's gotten me out of my comfort zone for sure. But I think what it's also done is challenge me to continue to look for new ways to lead. It's challenged me to be open to the unique styles and preferences of team members and know like we can get things done. You know, we can get things done in non-traditional ways and sometimes we're better for it. Thank you for sharing that. That learning curve is so interesting. And I think we've all gone through it in different ways of our normal way of doing business and leading or just doing our jobs changed completely. And you mentioned being more introverted. I'd probably describe myself as more extroverted. And it was a change as well from I used to like having people around me in an office and you learn to do things differently when it's just you and it's a lot more quiet, but you find new ways to communicate and interact with your employees and be effective uh, just in a new way. Yeah, I think it's also helped, I know me and a lot of leaders I work with pay more attention to individuals and our team members, what they need, how they operate best, how we can engage with them differently. Because we are away from them, we just have to be that much more intentional in the way we partner with them. So I look at this time as a huge learning. And as with any change, I think Uh, we can be better for it. And I'm excited to see the ways that the work world will shift uh, based on all the learning that we've had in the last two years. I'm right there with you. I'm excited as well. So can you also share, I know you just shared what, what you've learned since the pandemic, but do you have a piece of advice that maybe has carried you through as a business professional that you could share with our listeners? It's carried me through this time. In general, as a professional, something that sticks with you is my guiding light that would be great advice to pass on. Yeah. So I see every opportunity and challenge that I run into as an opportunity to learn. Um, I always think the more I know, the more I realize how much I don't know, and it piques my curiosity for what's next. So, you know, at any challenge that this last two years has brought, I've taken it away to say, okay, what are my lessons learned? I note them, I find ways to apply them in different situations. And I always go back to that as uh, just a gift because today I can guarantee you I'm a stronger leader than I was last year or when the pandemic first started. And it's fun to look back and see how those shifts have happened. Um, So I'd say, you know, note note your learnings, go back and reflect them. Uh, A lot of neuroleadership research shows that the more reflection you do, the more learnings are solidified in in our ways of operating. So keep doing that or else sometimes we're going to miss maintaining the learnings that we have in, in periods of challenge. 
I love that advice. Thank you for that, Michelle. So based on that answer, I have an idea where this one might go. Okay. You wake up in the morning, your feet hit the floor. What is the one thing that gets you motivated to start your day? Exercise. So I sit a lot at my computer. And so I, uh, I like to jump on my Peloton or go for a run and get things moving before I sit down and focus for the day. I like it. That's a great answer. Yep. Okay. Well, Michelle Bush, head of consulting for Via Group, thank you so much for joining the HR Works podcast and just sharing so much with us about where we stand with the great resignation today and how we can all get better and navigate through this. Thanks again for joining and we hope to have you back. You bet. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for listening to the HR Works podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible.